from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. G'day there and welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB and this morning uh, Jacinda's baby, it has to be private here but it's public in America. Uh, the Hanley Affair gets more affairable than ever. Uh, we look at e-reader trends versus actual books and the new Harry Potter slash Fantastic Beasts movie. But before any of that, sorry, Wellington. Really sorry. Can I just apologise? Um, we've got a technical problem in Wellington. Apparently the ads play over us. I don't know if they're playing over us now. They're playing over us now. Hello, can you hear me? I don't know whether they're playing over us now. But I do apologise. You're apologising to the listeners or the advertisers there? Well, I don't know what's going on here. Because um, at Wellington, just last week, we got the, uh, the the new ratings out. And nobody did better in Wellington than this programme. And look at what we're doing to it. Maybe this is a new tactic on our part. Maybe marketing's gone, tell you what we need to do now. Now that we've got the audience, now we've got the big increase Because first of all, we sabotage their public transport system. <laughs> so they'd have to spend more time listening to the radio because they'd be stuck wherever they were. And now we've got them. Now we've got them on board with the big We're numbers, advertising the and broadcasting the show them. at the same time. Let's do that. Let's do the ads and really just, 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 just mess with their heads. So my apologies about that. Uh, I'm assuming somebody somewhere's working on that. Yeah, I mean we're not deliberately psychologically torturing you, but if that does end up making you feel more amenable to listening to the Mike Hosking breakfast for longer, we'll take it. I can't see how it would, but I hope it does. Uh, the, now, uh, Jacinda's baby. We're not allowed to see it here, but everybody in the world's allowed to see it if she takes it to the UN. How does that work? So she sets up the privacy aspect, backed up by the Speaker of the House and the Security Service of Parliament. And the next thing we know, suddenly the baby's on display for the entire world. Which is it? Is the baby on display for the entire world, or are we seeking privacy? So having displayed, and this is where courts come in, having set the precedent of displaying your baby for the entire world to see, when you come back and expect privacy again, you can't get it because you've broken your own rules. And I'm not sure she understands that. I'm not sure she's even thought that thing through. Because precedent in law is a very, very important thing, which brings us beautifully to sanitarium, who have, of course, a massive image problem due to their tax status, but nevertheless went to court and they won. They took a little bit of Britain to court and a little bit of Britain were bringing in the Weetabix and Sanitarium goes, that's too close to wheat bix and we want it banned and stopped, and they basically won the case. It can be sold in certain circumstances, but you've got to whack a sticker on the packet, and that way people don't get confused, which of course is allowing the judge to assume that most people are thick and can't work out the difference for themselves, and further, the judge never said what sort of sticker. So he could say any sort of sticker you like, but nevertheless, they did win their case. Now, the reason they won their case, and nobody picked this up yesterday, hence my point about a dern, is precedent. It's not about a little bit of Britain or sanitarium. It's about if a little bit of Britain had won and had the right to sell Weetabix, every man and his dog would be in like a robber's dog and they would be, it'd be a free-for-all. And so you're worried about the precedent you set. If you open the door just a little bit, before you know it, it's being bulldozed down by all and sundry, and hence that what that's what that decision basically was about yesterday. It's uh, highly I'm conflicted by it because, of course, I've now seen the pictures of the baby in, in, at the UN, but I live here in New Zealand. So have I done something wrong by looking at those pictures? Uh, interesting to note, it's a pacifier baby, it's a dummy baby. 
not a thumbsucker baby. That's what I've learned from those pictures. I guess uh, given Jacinda and her genes, she's probably trying to preserve the front teeth there. Uh, let's move on quickly to the Hanley affair, another mess that she's got to try and sort out. Now, the last thing you need, I was thinking yesterday, last thing you need when you're uh, in New York looking to sell your country is pesky little domestic details coming back to bite you in the bum. Derek Handley has, of course, decided to tell all about his experience in dealing with this government. This government has made perhaps one of the greatest cock-ups of modern recruitment in dealing with him. And it would appear it is far from over. Last time we checked, Chris Hipkins was due in Parliament under the instruction of the Speaker to deliver all correspondence between Handley and Claire Curran via her private email. He failed to do so. Grant Robertson turned up on his behalf with an overview of matters, but also failed to deliver. Uh, This led to Grant yesterday having to correct the record, and it left the irrefutable sense of some sort of cover-up or something of of a mess. Too much is missing. Too many questions are left unanswered. Why? Why is something so simple being made so hard? Enter the Prime Minister on this programme a couple of weeks ago. She was very clearly asked about Handley, whether she knew Handley, whether she had corresponded with Handley. She knew him, sort of. They weren't friends, she said. She might have received a single text. She didn't reply. On the surface, she removed herself from proceedings. Except she didn't. Because yet again, yet again, the whole story is not told. Uh, There were, in fact, two texts. A whole series of texts. And an email. Oh, the email. The email was a singular revelation in itself. The second text has been revealed as part of Handley's dump of the info that he's put into uh, into the arena. The second text involved her replying and telling him she'd talked to the team to see what she could do for him. She says that wasn't about the tech job. That denial, she hopes, keeps her out of looking like she's misled Parliament. But nevertheless, she is on the old drip feed, having had the chance to clear the decks numerous times. Now she has failed to do so, and thus ends up in New York in her first major overseas flag-waving exercise, distracted by matters that should have been left at home. We still don't know whether there is more. The irony could not be more stark that it's Handley dumping the info, not the government as promised, and that's before you get to Handley's main complaints. No one has reached out and told him what went wrong. That seems inconceivable, if not plain rude. Megan Woods finally works out how to pick up a phone yesterday, having been humiliated and embarrassed, and actually apologises. And Handley's other major issue, and he's quite right, Having seen what he's gone through, what entrepreneur in their right mind would have a bar of this lot? They're white borders, pocket protectors and Wellington wonks personified. They're a waste of space for a young thrusting entrepreneur looking to affect any sort of change. And here's the thing. I'm actually not sure there's a scandal here at all. Just sheer, plain incompetence. And yet they're taking that and bungling it further by not being open and honest. How hard can it be? Well, that's a trouble, isn't it? We've all, we've all been there. Uh, when somebody accuses you of being useless and you explain why you're not useless, even though you secretly know that you are useless, and then you've got to keep doubling down on it. Um, otherwise, they'll eventually find out that you were useless in the first place. Trouble is, um, if you then continue to be useless in the meantime, then your uselessness eventually comes through. Have I made that clear? I don't know if I have. Uh, Mike would never watch a movie like this. Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Now we've got the latest instalment in the Harry Potter movie franchise to tell you about. This time it's The Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. It's out in November. Uh, it's got nothing to do with Harry Potter himself. It predates Harry by a number of years. But uh, the final trailer has dropped this morning. Address. What's that? A safe house in Paris. Why would I need a safe house in Paris? Should things at some point go terribly wrong, it's good to have a place to go. You know, for a cup of tea. 
You don't suffer from motion sickness, see? I don't do well on boats. You'll be fine. <laughs> why I admire you, Nick. You do not seek power. You simply ask, is the thing right? I like the violin. Listen to the violin. <gasps> if you like me, this is not me, this is people on Twitter. If you like me, you're still reeling, reeling from today's final Fantastic Beasts trailer and have it playing on repeat. Wizardry world, and it's my past, my present, my future. I just can't wait. Hope we all learn more about the dark side of Dumbledore. After watching that trailer, says another, waiting six weeks for the movie is going to be exhausting. I am shaking and having goosebumps. I think I might be dead. Uh, not watching it, because trailers are showing way too much of a movie nowadays and ruins the surprise, really. I don't know if it ruined the surprise there. Will there be dragons or griffins or hippogriffs? I have no idea. Did, well, I mean, you, you loved the the first Fantastic Beasts movie, didn't you? No, I didn't watch any of those. I've never watched any of those movies. I don't do sci-fi. I don't do fantasy. I do cold, hard reality. Are you? Oh, I thought it was a documentary about what happened before. And then I couldn't remember the name Hogwarts, so that sort of petered out there, which is disappointing. Um, I, I think Eddie Redmayne, he's, do you love him? I love him. I, I think he's unfortunate looking. So that makes me feel good about myself. And he can't really talk properly either, which is another endearing feature. I, I'm a big fan of people who are unfortunate looking and can't talk properly. I, I, I really identify with them. Um, I'm not such a fan of the guy who's done the research on uh, the book sales, because it turns out that in New Zealand, we're not into the e-readers, which I find weird. E-reading only takes up 5% of the market. So basically what we're discovering there is that I'm a real weirdo. That's the disturbing part of all of this. Hashtag no revelation there. Because you had your your wearable sales right. slumping in New Zealand the other day. Down. Yep. I love a wearable. Nobody loves a wearable like I love a wearable. And um, I can't. I don't go anywhere without my Kindle. So you love your Kindle. You're wearing your wearable, and you wonder why you got no friends. Just by the way, no, I, those are my friends. You've completely I, misunderstood <laughs> what I'm saying. So that's that's why it's such a great age we're living in. Um, I don't need real books because I've got my e-reader. I don't need a real watch because I've got my smartwatch. And I don't need real friends. How wonderful to be me. It's Glenn ZB. I am me. I am me. Um, that was the rewrap for Wednesday. Uh, you're my friends as well, of course, my other real friends. And I'll see you back here again tomorrow for more.